Blog Talk Radio. Broadcasting, broadcasting, broadcasting to the world. Broadcasting to the world, to the world, to the world. BlakeRadio.com. Music for your mind, body, and soul. Talk radio at its best. You're listening to Rainbow Soul from BlakeRadio.com. And welcome to the Blake Radio Network, Rainbow Soul. This is Topically Yours, and I'm your host, Deirdre Schuler. Today, we're going to go back to the day when songs were sweet. You remember real love songs brimming with charm, smooth vocals, and wonderful harmonies? Songs that spoke of romance, gave men panache, and made the girls swoon? There are some who remember songs like You Belong to Me which, by the way, marked its 50th anniversary in 2012 and is still going strong. Well, as you heard, I opened the show with one of the hits of the Duprees entitled My Own True Love. In fact, legendary groups like the Duprees will hit the stage at Lehman Center for the Performing Arts, which is located on the Lehman Center College campus at 250 Bedford Park Boulevard West in the Bronx, 
And they'll be doing that on Saturday, January 4th, 24th at 8 p.m. And if you love the stylings of groups like the Platters, the Belmonts, Barbara Harris and the Toys, Larry Chance and the Earls, and Ragdoll, they will be joining the Duprees for the Lehman Center doo-wop show, which is, oh, by the way, always been a popular sellout show. So get your tickets. And you can get them by calling the Lehman Center box office at 718-960-8833. And I'll repeat that, 718-960-8833. Or you can even go online at www.lehmancenter.org. Well, that being said, I am delighted to present my guest today, Tony Testa, a member of the, well, he was an original member of the Duprees, but not as a vocalist, rather as an instrumentalist. But we can ask him about that since he's here waiting in the wings. So let's welcome Tony Testa to the show. How are you, Tony? I'm great. Thanks so much. It's a, it's a real honor to be with you, Deidre. Well, it's always a pleasure to talk to somebody who who remembers the songs of romance. Well, even <laughs> though <laughs> I'm into my 70s uh, and my memory is probably failing, those uh, vivid memories of the early days are still with me. Well, you know, the younger generation may not know about doo-wop. So can you um, tell us a little history of the Duprees? Oh, sure. Uh, well, as you mentioned, I uh, got involved with the Duprees around 1964 or five as um, one of the original guitarists, and I led the band for them for a, a number of years. So that's how I got to know them intimately, actually, and um, it was terrific. Those were terrific days. But uh, as to the music itself, you're right when you point out that a lot of it is kind of missing in today's music because back then, um, well, there were a couple of things that made a, a perfect blend at the time. One was the, the group's, um, let's say, uh, wonderful knowledge of and appreciation for the music that that actually preceded them, music of the, the 40s and the 50s with the big band era. And uh, the other thing was that when they finally got hooked up with uh, George Paxton, who was the owner of Coed Records, he came from that same big band era. So he was the one who integrated that wonderful, what we call it the Glenn Miller sounding orchestra, behind the youthful, exuberant vocals of the group at that time. And that melding um, was so unique that it still uh, it still has such great appeal today. It's amazing to see people's faces and uh, their reaction to the same music that is, as you pointed out, over 50 years old. Well, and also that they were more a cappella, right? A lot of the groups were a cappella that also mimic the sounds of instruments, or am I correct about that? Uh, that, that was true for many groups. Uh, in the case of the Duprees, it was not. Um, everybody started out, all of us started out on the street corner singing a cappella. You're absolutely right. But the mainstay of the group was um, uh, integrating the uh, the harmonies with some beautiful music. That's where the success lied. And that was something like the old barber, what do they call it, the barbershop shop quartets? Yeah, that was fun music. Um, the harmonies are different with barbershop. Uh, the melody um, wasn't always on the top layer, 
and that's what made it unique. Uh, harmonies of, let's say, uh, groups that came out of the 40s, like the Pied Pipers, the um, Jordanaires, and so um, those beautiful harmonies were so intricate, and um, and that's the kind of thing that we do now, and always have done, and that also separates the music that we do from a lot of our contemporaries, because it's that what we call close harmony, where the the separation between each of the voices is not um, in the basic style of one three five. If you're talking about a chord structure, it's more like maybe one three five six, where the mm -hmm. color note is in, instituted into the blend. So it was real interesting harmony, and still is. Uh, I get asked all the time which of your favorite songs to sing, and I can honestly say absolutely every one of them, because each one of them is unique with their harmonies. They're not simple, but because they're not simple, they're, they're a challenge to, uh, to do and recreate the same way each time. I bet. And also you have to have knowledge of, of music, it would seem. A lot of these groups were started by just teenagers singing under the street lamps, as you say. Yeah, and, and that was kind of like the unique phenomenon of it was uh, all you needed was two or three of your buddies and find a street lamp, like you said, and kind of chime up. That was the uh, That was kind of like the vocabulary at the time. Hey, guys, let's chime up. And it would be using that simple harmony of like one, one, three, five, uh, where ba ba ba, and everybody sang. And the songs that were popular at the time, a lot of the doo-wop songs. When I say doo-wop, I'm re referring to more street corner songs, like in the still of the night. Um, uh, so many uh, hushaby, so many simple songs that were so much fun to sing, and they were simple in structure, which is what made it appealing and and made it easy for a lot of street corner pickup groups to do. Um, so it was real fun. So that was the really the generation of how that harmony evolved with some groups like the Duprees, the Vogues, the Lettermen, and such into more sophisticated harmonies later on. Now, and these people were not people that went to school to study music. It was more of a natural thing that came from them, correct? Yeah. They didn't know how to sing and how to that, harmonize. Fact, now, some of us did go for some schooling, whether it be instrumentally or vocally, and um, we were part of the – we were considered special at the time because we knew what we were talking about, you know. Uh, but, again, most of the fun was in just having Johnny or Joey or – Jimmy, some sing like a, a real simple part and tell them, do that part and then sing it with the other two guys. And the joy of having that harmony come out with people who were not sophisticated or did not know music was so much fun. It was really so much fun. I think a lot of it, though, came out of the church, would you say? Um, a lot of it did. I remember vividly when I was growing up, uh, around the corner for me was this black church that um, me and a few of my friends just enjoyed standing outside and listening to this music that absolutely went through your bones because it was so um, inviting and it was so emotional. Uh, I think that was the springboard to a lot of my appreciation for and others uh, afterwards. 
Well, what? How did the term doo-wop come about? I mean, what what does that really mean? But it actually a, actually it's a, a, a little bit of a misnomer because the term never came about until way past the '60s with with the advent of a lot of these multi-act shows through the '70s and into the '80s where they they put under this umbrella term doo-wop. And as I said, it was kind of a misnomer because groups like our group were not doo-wop group. Typically, the term doo-wop is um, reserved or, or, or describes the street corner singing, the very simple, structured uh, songs like In the Still of the Night, um, Daddy's Home, A Thousand Miles Away, very simply structured but beautiful songs and that kind of singing that simply structured singing was considered street corner singing and is really what is referred to as doo-wop. Now with today's um, multi-act shows, they still use the term, but as an umbrella under a whole bunch of other types of groups, like Gene Pitney, who is not really doo-wop at all, or, oh my God, uh, so many, Lou Christie, the Duprees, the Vogues, the Letterman, um, Little Anthony and the Imperials, uh, so many groups that um, evolved with the structure of their music and and is kind of like misappropriated uh, with the term doo-wop. But that's okay. And when you think about the music that emanated from the late 50s and early 60s and the fact, as you alluded to earlier, 50-plus years later, the same appeal is there, that's really something to be said for the whole generation of music. Oh, yes. I, I was at a hotel, and, and they brought um, groups in that the pr- crowd went wild because they miss those types of songs, the romance of the songs. Uh, oh. Now, I mean, you had words and feelings. Now, I don't know what you got, but uh, people <laughs> Well, there's a reason for that, I, I think, to a certain extent. Um, and part of it's good news, bad news kind of thing, because in the last 20, 25 years, with the advent of electronics and the and the so sophisticated way that uh, the industry is able to record, it's it's with such preciseness and such um, control that uh, you know the end result is such a pure recording. Every every uh, part of the recording is so pure. The singings are the singing of each of the members is exactly spot on the instrumentation, the the balance of the music. And that's because electronically, a lot of it is done in what we call post-production. But in the early days, like, for instance, a perfect example, You Belong to Me, when the group recorded that, there were 37 takes of the same singing live with orchestra. And the end result was obviously the hit recording, but it is by no mean a perfect by no means a perfect recording. There are parts of it that are a little slightly out of tune, but you know what? Those little nuances added to what I call the humanness of the recording and the relatability. When you listen to the song, you're listening to someone singing live in maybe not the most perfect circumstances. And nowadays, you don't have that ability. You listen to something, it's absolutely perfect on the money. And uh, I think, as a result, what's missing is a lot of that humanness. 
I was about to say that it misses the human quality. Yeah, yeah. Now there no, are I, I, there are some recordings of different artists that are incredible, incredible because the artistry of those individual performances uh, performers is great. But it, unfortunately, it's far and in between. I agree. Now I want to say that um, you are were a member of the original group, but the uh, the current group is is not the original group. How how long did the original group sing together? Uh, from 1962 till around the mid 70s, 77, something like that. And, and then, then now happened, the current, they've been singing together. And the together current how long? Well, the group as is has been oh, better than 25 years. Wow. Um, yeah, it's been it's been an evolution, and I always refer to that on stage. I never refer to us as the original members because I don't think, first of all, it's not true, and secondly, I, I think the original members, as I do in every show, I honor them and respect them with the fact that if it wasn't for them, we wouldn't be here doing what we're doing and uh, allowing the music to go on as pristinely as it was back then. Um, well, you're the evolution of them. Yeah, but that that's exactly what happened. The uh of the four original members, three of them have passed away. Most recently Michael Arnone in two thousand five. And he was actually I was actually closest to him and he was the one who entrusted me with carrying it on before he passed away, way before. Uh because he knew I was kind of like a, a practitioner and just my inherent love of the music, uh I I vowed to him that I was going to keep it pristine and and to keep it going uh, to to him and his family, um, you know, because it's deserving. But that evolution um, is a natural one, and uh, we we celebrated each and every performance. Well, was the first hit, uh, You Belong to Me, you mentioned that, was that the first hit that took everyone to fame and and I guess that changes your lives when when something happens like that it's never going to yeah, be the same again. That's exactly that's exactly right Deirdre. Uh there's again a good and a bad part of that part. In 1962 when you belong to me actually was the highest rated um song that the group had uh recorded at the time. It went to number 7 on the national pop charts. And um that was the good Unfortunately, being from the, the streets of Jersey City and not really being aware of a lot of business techniques or know-how, a lot of it went by the wayside, unfortunately. And um, if that wasn't the case, I always say that the group and its popularity would have been exponentially <laughs> greater today if if um, if there was some management or some direction for the for the group back in the day. Well, you know what I'm going to do is I'm going to let the listeners hear you belong to me. Oh, great. how special you were. So here <laughs> we go. You belong to me by the Dupree's. Watch the 
lovely harmonies yeah that was fun yeah well are you presently part of the doo-wop tour that's being produced by sal apicello or what's going on that you're you're appearing in the bronx at lehman center are you on tour uh well basically the tri-state area we all are located in generally speaking in uh, the north new jersey area so um I'd say the lion's share of all of our concerts, at least 75-80%, are within the tri-state area. New Jersey, Philadelphia, Connecticut, New York, um, Long Island, you know. And uh, we've been very fortunate in that respect. We do travel, but uh, because we have our home base and it's so solid with bookings every year, we're able to travel, as they say, on our own terms when we want to travel. Like, for instance, we'll be in Florida in uh, in, in March for a tour there for about two weeks or so. And that's always fun because that's where you want to be in March. <laughs> yeah, how about but, that? Yeah, right. But um, it's been it's been great. I mean, every year we kind of always say to ourselves, yeah, at some point the appeal for the music and the group has to uh, at, at least at some point die down, but we've been so fortunate. I honestly don't remember the last time we did not perform to a sellout crowd. And um, I think there's a, a few reasons for that. First of all, we keep the original music pristine uh, because that's the way people recall memories when they hear a song, but not only hearing the song, but exactly the way it was performed when they first heard it. Unfortunately, a lot of um, our contemporaries, not a lot, but a few of them decide to do their original songs, but kind of jazz them up or do them in different tempos or style. And um, I don't think the fans appreciate that. I think they want to hear them the way they were originally. That along with the fact that, uh, especially for more than 25 years, we've kind of evolved into not only remembering the Duprees of yesteryear, but celebrating the Duprees of today. Um, we've recorded over the last 15 years 10 different CDs. Um, in 2012, we commemorated the 50th anniversary with a 50th anniversary CD, which has been a phenomenal success. And our most, most recent effort is actually something been wanting to do for a long time. This year, uh, in December of 2015, will mark the 100th birthday of Frank Sinatra. And we decided to put together um, a collection of songs done from a vocal group's perspective of some of Frank Sinatra's signature songs, um, like I've Got You Under My Skin and uh, a few other things. And uh, so far, it's been critically acclaimed, and we're really excited about it. 
Oh, yeah, I was going to mention that, that uh, I saw that you not only sing so-called doo-wop, but you, you you have other styles of music, and, and and I guess your latest was the tribute to Frank Sinatra's Happy, it was called Happy 100, Mr. Sinatra. That's right. That's exactly right. And uh, and I think that's what a lot of our fans have come, why they keep coming out to see us. It's not only to hear the original songs, which Again, we do each and every show, but we um, put in here and there some of the new material that we that they've grown to expect from us and are an indication of who the Duprees are today. And that's, I think, been the most exciting part about it is that it's it's not just resting on your laurels and just sticking with um, what was before, but going on, going forward, and making it fresh and new. Well, speaking of that, do you do you attract a younger audience, or how do they are they receptive to yeah. your music? It, it, it's actually amazing, and I can tell uh, because we've uh, we've put together, especially over the past uh, fifteen or eighteen years since the inception of the the internet, uh, a huge database of fans from literally all over the world, and a lot of them send us emails, and a lot of them are really young when i say really young i mean late 20s 30s and that's really young to me <laughs> um but they enjoy the music and the same comment comes back you know they don't they don't perform music like this anymore you know it's so personal and so beautiful love songs that just touch the heart absolutely i mean when when you just, when i uh, just played that song uh, I saw in my mind couples actually dancing together, slow dancing. You don't see that as much now. No, no. Everybody's on their cell phone right now. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's 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 really funny. Uh, we'll we'll be performing like "You Belong to Me," and uh, when we do have sight of the audience, the first couple of rows invariably. I love seeing this. You'll see a husband reach over and they're holding hands, or they look at each other and into each other's eyes, and and that's when you know the connection is made. It's it's. It's really incredible to experience. Well, you know, the Lehman Center uh, audience is in the Bronx, and a lot of, of that style of music began in the Bronx. So you'll see some of them get out of their seats and dance in the aisles. Cause, uh, I've seen it several times in the different doo-wop shows. I'll be looking forward to it. Tell me about it. So yeah. um, I want to mention one more time to those who love doo-wop, actually, I posted it on Facebook, and people go, wow, whoa, we're looking forward. Now you're talking. So I want to, if you want to get tickets, then you should call 718-960-883 if you're a lover of doo-wop and all the groups that sing romance. And you can also go online at www.leanincenter.org. Well, we have two minutes left in the show, so I guess... I have to say thank you very much for being my guest. And if there's something else you want to say before we... I want to thank you very much. You're our class act, and uh, it's been an honor, as I said, to be on with you. Another place the folks can find out information is on our website, which is easy to remember. Just the one word, duprees.com. They'll see our entire schedule. And even if they'd like to look into some merchandise we have, some of the CDs. But thank you again so much. Are you selling CDs at the show? Oh, yes, absolutely. Are you going to be there? 
Yes, definitely. Well, you'll have a set of CDs um, as I would get as a gift to you. I say that again. I said we'd be honored to have have you a set of our CDs as a gift. Oh, thank you so much. If I get an opportunity to uh, admit you backstage, you can sign my CD. There you go. Be will be the, an honor. Thank you so much. So again, I appreciate the interview with you, and I encourage people to get down to the show. It's at the Lehman Center for the Performing Arts in the Bronx at 250 Bedford Park Boulevard West. So thank you again, Tony Testa, for being my guest today and sharing the history of the Dupree's and wonderful music. Thank you, Deirdre. It was a pleasure. All right, and so... You have been listening to the Blake Radio Network, Rainbow Soul. As I said today, our guest was Tony Testa of the Dupree's. I'm your host, Deirdre Schuler, thanking you for making my topic topically yours. And we're going to end the show now. Uh, Have you heard?
the Blake Radio Network, Rainbow Soul.